Well, I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, we do want to keep some of our people in prayer. They're on the roads today. They've been traveling, uh, visiting loved ones. We've got some that's uh, out sick. And y'all keep Curtis Sherwood in prayer. He had uh, knee replacement surgery. So he's having a little trouble walking and getting around right now, but he is getting better. So y'all keep him in prayer. And uh, so... Like I said, uh, we've got several that's just allergies are really going around bad. Everybody I've talked to, I think, has got allergies. So, our poor Beverly, she's about down and that, and here she is up here. She's still up here singing for us. And so, but y'all keep, y'all just keep everybody in prayer. Keep the church in prayer. And, uh, <clears throat> I know that uh, I hope that everybody had a great Christmas. I really do. You know, everything kind of took place before Christmas and didn't get a chance to tell everybody Merry Christmas and uh, to thank them and tried to get word out to them to have a good Christmas and to have a Merry Christmas. And, you know, when we think about Christmas, when we put it in the right perspective, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And when we keep Jesus in our minds and on our hearts and what He did for us, His birth. I mean, you know, God was thinking about us when He sent His Son. He, he was thinking about us and His love for us. So just return that love back to God, back to His Son. And uh, I've put together something here uh, yeah, we're living in a time right now where I think that the churches, people are getting away from the Word of God. You look around. You drive around. You look at the church parking lots. Not very many cars in any of them. And uh, we've all got excuses of why we can't go to church. And none of them's very good. If we... You know, you make time and you do what you want to do. We all know that. If you want to do something, you'll make time and you'll make a way to do it. We need to think about church like that. I want to go to church. I want to go into God's house and I want to worship God. I'm not going to let Satan and I'm not going to let this world stop me from doing it. But you know, a lot of the churches, and I've listened to some of the pastors on TV, and some of the things I've heard, it kind of bothered me. God's Word is being watered down. God's Word is being watered down. Matter of fact, that's the title of my message today, Watering Down the Word of God. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever tasted something that's been watered down? What about a good cup of coffee? Too much water. It didn't even taste like coffee. I've gone into a restaurant and ordered a glass of tea. It looked like colored water. It had no taste to it. And that's the same way with God's Word. When we start watering down God's Word, we're not getting the full meaning of what God is telling us. I don't know how many people listen to God's Word. 
But God has got a word and he's talking to us. You know, in this world today, there is, like I said, there's an attempt to water down the word of God in order to make it more appealing to get more people in. You know, you start talking about hell and this and that. People don't like it. But you know, Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. He don't want you to go there because he knows how bad it is. How does he know how bad it is? He created it. He knows exactly what it is. He knows exactly why he created it. It wasn't created for us. It was created for Satan and his demons. But when we started following Satan and acting like his demons, he said, okay, I'll send you there too. See, that's not very good, is it? You don't like to hear that. But that's what God says. So I can tell you, well, now it's all right. Now God understands and He knows how you are and uh, He'll overlook what you're doing. I'd be watering down God's Word. That's not what God says. That's not what He says. We have to speak and talk and say what God says. That's what He expects us to do. I'm a servant of God. He expects me when I get up here to tell you what his word says. Not what you want to hear. We'd all like to hear, boy, there's no doubt I can do anything I want to. Boy, I've got heaven sewed up. It's not what God's word says. God says, you follow my word. You do what my word says. When I, get, when I finish up, I'm going to read you two scriptures. And those two scriptures are going to tell you exactly how God feels about His Word. And he don't, he don't hum haw around about it. It's very clear, and we better listen. Because one day, every single one of us will answer to God. Amen. Every single one of us. And But today, too many of the churches are trying to... to Water down God's Word. Make their church a little more acceptable. Well, I want to go there because they don't talk about hell. They don't talk about sin. They don't talk about what you have to do to get to heaven. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you what God's Word says. That way you don't have any excuse when you stand before God. Well, God, I didn't know. And God's going to look and say, yes, you do. Because you heard it. So it's very important that God's Word is spoken and that the Word is not watered down. That it's clear that we understand what God is telling us. And, <clears throat> but the Word of God, when God has said something, it does not change because of public opinion and polls. God's Word is going to remain God's Word for all eternity. It's not going to change. And we better get that in our minds. That just because I don't like to hear it, that don't mean God's not, He's going to change His Word. God's Word is not going to change. God's Word is God's Word, and He changes not. The Bible says, For I am the Lord your God, and I change not. God doesn't change. And His Word doesn't change. His Word remains same as what it was when he spoke it. And it's never to be watered down. We're never to change his word because God's word is eternal and it's sure. It's eternal 
as sure as the heavens are eternal, as sure as God is eternal, His Word is eternal also. And uh, we can count on God's Word being true. I don't care what kind of condition you're in, what you're going through, whether it's sickness, whether you're in good health, whether you're in poverty, or whether you have wealth. God's Word is going to remain the same. It's going to remain the same. In this world, this world is full of lies. You ever listen to the politicians promise you stuff? I haven't seen one of them keep it yet. This world is full of lies. But God's word is truth. God has never said anything that was a lie. God has never said anything that is not true. God's word is accurate and it will always be accurate right down to the last jot and tittle. That's what he said, you know. Right down to the last jot and tittle. His word is going to be accurate and it's going to be true. Because God is eternal, like I said, his word will be eternal and it is established in heaven right now. You know, God, Jesus once said, I have to be faithful to myself. What does he mean? He has to be faithful to the word that he has spoken. If he has said something, he has got to be faithful and true to what he has spoken. If not, what would that make him? It'd make him a liar. And he says, for God is a God that cannot lie. That his word is true and will always be true. So when we read something in God's word and it is truth, you can count on it, you can believe it. Don't doubt it, just believe it because God said it. You know, I said, you, I said a while ago that, that God is unchanging and his word also will not, does not change. Here in Malachi, chapter 3, verse 6, that's what I said. For God said, For I am the Lord, and I change not. And then he goes on here and says, Therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He made a promise. Those was his family. They belonged to him. He would watch over them. They went through punishment. They went through things, but yet they were not consumed because God's hand was on them. We belong to God. We're God's children. He watches over us. Probably There's probably many people in right in here today that can have a testimony about what God's done in your life, how He's changed your life, how He's protected your life. Some of the things that you went through, you know that the only way you came through it was by the hand of God. You belong to God. And his word is true as to what he said. You are mine. You belong to me. I paid the price for you. And that price was very expensive. It was the death of his son on that cross for our sins. He paid a very expensive price for all of us. You know, in the Bible, we are told that uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. He said, what I have spoken will come to pass. 
And I think that's one, one way that we make a lot of mistakes is by not picking up God's Word and reading God's promises to us. What has God promised us? There's all sorts of promises in the Bible that we as God's children can claim. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, you shall not be burned. You will not be consumed because you belong to me. My hand is on you. I'm watching over you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. You know, in the book of Joshua, he told Joshua, Be not afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Because I am with you. And he's telling each one of us that. I am with you. Be strong. Be courageous. Believe in me. Count on my word. Stand on my word. And watch what I will do. How many of us do that? When we're going through something, how many of us go to the Bible and see what God's word says about what we're going through? You've got a right to claim that word. He's speaking to us. He wrote that Bible. It's for us. It's for Israel, but it's also for us because we belong to God just like Israel does. Jesus says, for now, there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. I see you both the same. A Gentile is simply somebody that is not a Jew. We are Gentiles. And he said, I don't see any difference between the Jew and the Gentile. For I created you all and you belong to me. We belong to a mighty God, a loving God that cares about you and what you go through. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, many people don't understand. Say, but, you know, we are told through the Word that the Word was given to the writers of the Bible by inspiration of God through the Holy Spirit. So the word of the Bible came through God himself. He spoke that word to be written down for us. The word inspiration or inspired is taken out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Listen to what it says. This is Paul speaking in here. And he says, all scripture, what does that say? All script, not just a little bit of it, not some of it, but all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture, not bits and pieces, not just some of it. All was given by God to us. And look, look at what Second Timothy says here in Second Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. In righteousness. Instruction in righteousness. How we should live. How we should act. How we should worship God. How we should love each other. We are given instructions through God's Word on how to live to please God. And what we should do. You know, <clears throat> and then talk about, you know, in, <clears throat> excuse me, 
interpretation. Listen to what it says here in 2 Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 through 21. No prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. No single person wrote any Scripture on their own. It is not from man. For prophecy never came, listen, prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That scripture comes from God to us for our instruction. I wrote down something here. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it or not, about, <clears throat> about the inspiration of God. Listen to what, what it says. The inspiration of God is the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon the human writers of the Scriptures so that as they spoke and wrote the books of the Bible, they were writing the very words God intended for man to have and to live by. It was God's Word. He told them what to write. It was not their own private interpretation. It was what God told them to write. God knew and knows what each one of us needs in our life. And He has given us the instructions that when things come against us, we got an enemy out there that's going to and fro throughout the world seeking whom He may devour. He's looking for you. He's looking for someone to devour. He's looking at this church to devour. He don't want you here. And I see a lot of them are listening to him. I praise God for y'all that are here. There's times I know that Satan sits there and clapping and clapping and rejoicing. Look what I've done. Look at how I'm doing to people. And they don't even realize it's me. See, that's what Satan wants you. They don't want you to know it's him. They don't even want you to believe in him. They want you to see him as a little character running around in a pair of red long handles carrying a pitchfork. That's not anything what Satan looks like. They said that in the Bible, they said that Satan was one of the most beautiful beings there was in heaven. Many times, most, most people think that he was the worship leader in heaven. Said, talk about his voice, his troubles, how beautiful his voice was. And he's still using that voice today to reach us. Amen. And everything that he tells us is a lie. Everything that Satan says to you is a lie. Satan cannot tell you the truth. Jesus Christ said, and for Satan is father of all lies and the truth is not in him. That's why we need to know what the Word of God says. When these thoughts and these words come to us, anybody ever sit there and think, well, that sure sounds good. I wonder what that's at in the Bible. Go see if you can find it. Go see if you can find it. If you can't, disregard them. 
Because God will not contradict His own word. He won't do it. Satan will. But God won't. We need to get into our Bible. We need to study our Bible. And we need to know what God is telling us. You know, the Christian truth stands on and comes from the inspired Word of God. We have to stand on the inspired Word of God. The church has to believe every word that God says. You know, like I said, I've heard some of the preachers get up there and preach and some of the things they've said. I cannot believe some of the words I've heard come out of their mouths. Some of the things they've said did not line up with God's word. What do you do? Turn the TV off. Turn it off. Look, the church is to stand on the Word of God, to believe the Word of God, and understand that God is not lying to you, but everything that God is saying is absolute truth. Absolute truth. So if the Bible is the inspired, infallible, Word of God, it should have a real influence on our life. When you read something, something some of them things ought to just jump out at you and grab a hold of you and shake you. We're saying, well, I've never read that before. And it's been right there in front of us all this time. We need to pick up God's Word and see what God is saying to us. Quit just listening to them. I'll tell you what, what I've said here, go home, get your Bible, and see if what I'm saying is not the truth. I want you to. I want you to do that. I want you to know you're being told the truth. You know, when God tells us something, and that word is a command in His word, we better obey it. When it's the truth, you better accept it and believe it. And if it's a promise, count on it. Count on it. Believe it. Accept it. Claim it. That's what God wants you to do. If we can't do these things, then otherwise we're just like what James says in 1.8. James 1.8. Listen to what he said. Hey, we are just like a double-minded people, unstable in all of our ways. We're unstable if we cannot believe what God's Word says. I'm not talking about what man says. I'm talking about what God says. The watered-down Word of God will lead to a watered-down life. You start listening to that, watch what happens in your life. Your life is going to start getting weaker, weaker, and weaker. And just like that tea I was telling you about, the more I looked at it, the weaker it got. We get weaker and weaker when we avoid the Word of God. You get weaker and weaker. We need to cherish that Bible. It needs to mean something to us. You know, <coughs> I've seen where people over in other countries trying to get their hands on the Bible, trying to get a hold of the Bible, and they can't get it. They was even taking Bibles 
and turn them into chapters and pass them around and they'd swap out. People were wanting the Word so bad. We've got access to God's Word we very seldom use. What about those people? They're trading Scripture so they have something to read. A Word from God to inspire them. To help them walk through that life they're walking through now. Being persecuted because of God's Word. We're a lucky people. And we don't realize it. We don't realize it. We need to obey God's Word. To obey God's Word is being obedient to God. And we need to believe in that Word to please God and to be blessed by God. I just, have you ever thought about, most of you in here are blessed. What would it be like if God lifted His blessings off of us? Have you ever thought about that? What would it be like if God was to just lift His blessings off of us? Because a lot of us are blessed and we don't even realize it. We don't realize how blessed we are. You know, Israel didn't realize how blessed they were. Following God and being obedient to Him until they started worshiping idols, started disregarding what God said, and then God sent them into captivity. They become slaves. Oh, God's hand was still on them. But they were being punished. That's not beyond God doing today. When we start neglecting God, very possible God could start neglecting us. Amen. We need to think about these things. God has blessed us with so much. And most of us, how many of us from time to time just sit down and say, Lord, thank you for what you have just blessed me with? Most of us don't. We just take it for granted. Oh, God knows. God wants to hear it. He wants to hear, thank you, Father. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for blessing my family. Thank you for healing my family. Thank you that your hand is upon my family. Thank you that you're walking with us. That Lord, when I come to you in prayer, I know that you hear me. We better turn around and start being a thankful people. And believing what God's Word says. Yeah, we've been talking about God's Word being watered down. I told you, I'm getting ready to if the band will come up. I'm going to read two scriptures. And this is God's Word. You better listen. It's, 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 it's scary. But this is what God is telling us. And I'll tell you why. It's in the very last chapter of the book of Revelation. This ends the Bible. This was the last thing that God put down. That's why John lived as long as he lived. <coughs> he was to write the book of Revelation. These words came directly from Jesus Christ to John, and he wrote them down. 
Because God wants us to know this. When we go to spouting off and saying things that God did not say, or we remove something from the Bible, or we try to add something to the Bible, this is what God's talking about. Listen to these two scriptures. Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of Revelation, verses 18 and 19. This is Jesus speaking. He says, For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. What about all those plagues of Egypt? Look what Pharaoh went through. And that's just part of That's just some of them. But here it says, I shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. When we start adding things to God's word, saying things that God did not say, and we start proclaiming God saying something that he didn't say, or we just start adding stuff to it, that's what God said, I will add unto you the plagues that are in this book. Now listen to this last scripture. Verse 19. It says, And if any man shall take away from the words of this prophecy of this book, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. And out of the holy city. And from the things which are written in this book. What are the things written in the Bible? It's written about all the good things that God wants to do for us. It's, it's, it's talking about the blessings that God wants to put on us. It says, I will remove them from you. <coughs> if you start removing things from my word, this is what I will do. God's very serious about what he, the word that he has given us. And he's made it very clear that we're not to tamper with his word. Most people don't even know that's in the Bible. And I'm sorry to say that. Most people don't even want to read Revelations. Most people don't want to know what Revelations say. Well, that's scary. I'd rather be scared and know what's going to happen so I can avoid it than go through it. Because if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and serve Him, you will go through the great tribulation. That's what the Word says. It's so easy to avoid it. Can you imagine all the people in hell right now? If I would have just believed, I wouldn't be here. If I would have just believed, I wouldn't be burning. If only I had a belief. Oh, if I just had one more chance. But they don't have it. This is the chance we have and it's now. Oh, if you could go to hell and see really what it is, you'd, run, you'd come running back to Jesus just begging Him to forgive you and accept you as, your, as His Savior. But you can't do that. You come to Him on faith, believing He is the Son of God who died for your sins. He took his, your sins on Him. He took your place. How many of us are grateful for that? I mean, you think about it. 
It's something we all need to think about. Because there's going to be a time. When? I don't know. How much time do we have left here? I don't know. Is he coming back? That's for sure. We just don't know when. But he said, I am coming back. Are you ready? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you accepted Him? Have you said yes to Him? What if He came back before we left this church today? Would you be caught up in the rapture? Would you be caught up in the clouds with Him? Or would you be left behind? I don't know. I know where I'm going to be. I hope you know for sure, without a doubt, where you're going to be. If you don't, you can today by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. What if you was in a car wreck on the way home and you didn't make it? Where will you be? I get to thinking, we've had a number of people that have passed away from this church. I don't know how many funerals I've done. But I guarantee you, every one of them that was here, I can tell you where they're at. I hope you know where you're going to be. Because will you ever get another chance to say yes to Jesus? You've got that chance today. If you haven't said yes, this would be a real good time to do it. I'm going to ask the band to play. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we've got altars up here that you can come to. Kneel down. He's, he, he, he's here now waiting on you. And He will receive you into His heart. He'll forgive you. And you'll belong to Him.